here, and I have a, a word that I believe is, is really from the Lord, and it is for time as such as this. And I want to encourage you that it will be as God has said that it will be. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what people are telling you or what it sounds like out there, the good news is that he is the good news, that he is a Savior that has come, okay, to make the crooked places straight. And he knows what's going on. He sees where you are at. And he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I want to encourage some someone this morning that if you feel like you can't hear God, that you can't see God, that you can't feel him, and he just wants you to know this morning, I'm working in the secret places. I'm working where you can't see me. And just because you can't hear and you can't see, sometimes the reason for that is because you're allowing your situation, you're allowing the fear, you're allowing the world to talk louder than the spirit of God. Amen. And that's why he says to us this morning, be still and know that I am God. God. Again, be still and know that I am God. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's, it's not about what I'm seeing. It's about what I know. And that's where God is bringing us in this season. He's bringing us from a place where we're not just simply going to trust him, but we're just going to know that what he said, it will and shall come to pass, that he does not lie, that he does not make promises and not fulfill them. Yes, there is a timeline. And in the process of time it will be as God said amen amen so if you have your Bibles this morning I want you to turn to Luke chapter 8 I'm gonna read a very familiar story but we're gonna look a little bit differently at it uh, Luke chapter 8 in verse 43 and now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped and Jesus said who touched me and when all denied it Peter and those who were with him said master the multitudes throng and press you and you say who touched me but Jesus said somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me and now when the woman saw that she was not hidden she came trembling and falling down before him and she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately and he said to her daughter be of good cheer for your faith has made you whole go in peace. I want to encourage you today that God finishes what he starts. Come on, let's say that again. God finishes what he starts. Philippians 1 and 6, it says, being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If God started a work in you, God said it's not just a work, but it's a good work. And that work which he started, he will complete. God makes it very clear in, our, in, in the Bible that the plan that he has for us, it is a good plan. He says, my promises are yes and amen, but that plan does have a process. 
And sometimes it's in that process because that process has time that we have to wait in the process of time. Sometimes in that process of times, there are stumbling blocks, there are obstacles, there is opposition to the mission. Ecclesiastes says one in nine, it says that which has been will be that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. So God is saying to us that what I said, my first word is my final word. And that's why we've got to trust and know that when God started something in us, when he spoke a word to us, when he put something in our hearts, when we've been praying for something, if he started it and it came from him, he is going to be faithful to complete it. So you just need to hold on. You just need to hang in there and trust God that in the process of his time, it's going to be done because the the truth of the matter is the spiritual realm is more real than the reality that we live in because the spiritual realm, it's already been done. I take such confidence and such a joy in knowing that God does not have to figure out my situation. He doesn't have to sit there. He's not pulling his hair out in heaven and he's not, he's not sitting in a boardroom with the Holy Spirit and the father and, and then on all the elders of the church saying, now, what are we going to do with this, this woman? She, she's, a mess. She's a wreck. No, he's already written the plan. He knows the, he knows the outcome. Amen. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. So he knows how the story is began. He knows what the mess was in the middle and he knows how he's bringing me out and he sees me and he sees you as the finished product that he has proposed in his plan. Can you say amen? But here's the thing. Sometimes when God speaks something, you know, we get frustrated. How many have quit? I think, I don't think there's a preacher in, on, on the planet that doesn't quit every Sunday <laughs> and then wants to start over again, you know, cause sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes it's like, God, I'm, I'm just knocking on these doors. I'm knocking on these doors. I'm going through this process and it just feels like nothing's happening. But here's the thing. When God gives us a word, we've got to follow through on those words. And I thank God that he does. He's not somebody who drops projects. He's not somebody who starts something. I don't know if you're like me, but I've got a lot of projects in my house that we started, but we didn't finish. You know, we, 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 we didn't finish painting it or we didn't finish picking it. And my, my husband and my children, they, they know this about me. You know, can you go in? I just went, I did all the shopping. Can you just bring in the, the, the groceries and they'll, and they'll bring in the majority of them. And then I'll go to cook something and I'll say, I know I bought that thing. And where is it? It's still in the car. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Okay. And I know that we're all guilty of those things. We all start things that we do not finish. And so what God is doing is saying, I am going, I, I'm bringing you to a new level. And sometimes we get stuck and we get satisfied with things unfinished. If the light switch in the, in the light plate is not on the wall, as long as I can turn it on, it's okay because I can still manage. But I want to tell you that God is bringing you and he's bringing me into a place where he's saying there's not going to be anything unfinished. There's not going to be anything unfinished.
And so many times, you know, we, we come into a new year and we make new resolutions and, and we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this goal, I'm going to have that goal. And by the third week in, in January, you've already gone off the diet. You've already stopped, you know, going to the gym. I know that I'm talking to everybody because we all were laughing because we're all guilty of this. And I hear a lot of sermons about breaking dysfunctional cycles and getting free, which are all wonderful. But there's one thing to get free. There's another thing into staying free. Staying free. And Proverbs 26, 11 says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. So we've spent so much time, you know, praying about things and, and, and talking about, I, I wrote a book about getting out of the box, like just getting free and stop being held back by things. And, and I believe that because we live in a microwave world, if things don't come fast and they don't come quick and they don't come easy, we leave them. But I want to tell you that faith without faithfulness doesn't work. Faith without faithfulness does not work. Faith without works is dead. I don't have faith and just believe one minute and then, and then not follow through. If I believe what God has said, if I've received a word from God, I've got to have faith in that word, but I've also got to work that word. You know, sometimes people don't understand. They say, I'm sowing and I'm sowing and I'm sowing. But if you've ever done any kind of garden, which I've not, but I've, 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 I've heard about it. <laughs> but before you, before you plant seed, before you sow the seed, you've got to plow the ground. You've got to clean out the ground. You've got to get the rocks out of the soil. You've got, to, you've got to set the atmosphere for God to work. And when we do that, that is showing God that I believe and I receive what you have said. So I want to tell you this morning that there is a difference between healing and wholeness. There is a difference between being healed and being whole. And I know that most of us would assume, and we use those words interchangeably, but actually they mean something completely different. If I'm healed, I must be whole. When Jesus said to this woman this morning, he said, your faith has made you whole. He did not say your faith has healed you. If it was just about healing, I believe Jesus would have said that. But he said, your faith has made you whole. And this is why it's important that when we read the word, that we actually study the word. And I never realized it, but with all the people that Jesus healed, there are only three places that Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. The first is Luke 8, which we read this morning. Another place is Luke 17, 11, and 19, um, when, he, when he heals uh, the lepers. And, and, then, and then in Mark uh, chapter 10, when he heals the blind man. And so he has to think, so one has to think that Jesus certainly healed more than three people in his time of ministry. Amen? Because the Bible says that they, did, they could not even record all the miracles that Jesus did. So when we think of faith as it's taught, Jesus doesn't say your faith healed you. He says your faith makes you whole. Healing will make you well. It means that it will heal your disease or your problems will stop. 
the disease in your body is gone. Wholeness, however, will allow you to move forward fully repaired and rebuilt. Wholeness is not just the body being healed, but the heart and the mind is healed as well. Wholeness is a state of mind and a peace of heart that will guard your heart and your mind throughout your life. Being whole, we will benefit from God's manifold grace. See, this is where we have to understand that the heart of the matter of where we are right now is a matter of the heart. What made the difference between these three situations and the rest of, the, and the rest of all the people that he healed? If all the ten lepers were healed, why is it that only one came back? And he said, your faith has made you whole. In the case of blind Bartimaeus, there was a multitude. Everyone was screaming out and calling out, yet Jesus heard him. There was a distinctive cry. Everybody's screaming. Everybody's yelling. The only person I know that can do this is a mom. A mom can hear a hundred kids screaming, but when she hears her child's voice, she can recognize it above everybody. Amen? So the woman with the issue of blood, same situation. Everybody is there. Everybody is grabbing him. Everybody is pressing in. There's so much chaos, but yet Jesus turns around and he says, who touched me? And it's because their cry was different their cry was different their heart was different and this is what God is doing in this season this is a season of exposure where God is separating wheat and tear there are many people that look to God for the blessings and for the healing and they look at his hand for his hand to move and they look for his power but what they're not seeking is God's presence it's not that relationship that they have with him there's no intimacy there in other words I love you for what you can do but yet I'm not seeking you for who you are there's an attitude where as long as you're blessing me as long as you're giving me as long as you do for me I will love you I will worship you I will I will give you you know my heart but as Job said though he slay me yet will I trust him in other words God is saying I'm removing the contingencies and this is what is going to separate the wheat and the tare. They're saying, uh, God says, I don't want any contingencies in my relationship with those that are truly mine. Because those who are truly mine, they're saying, God, if you do it, great. If you don't do it, it's okay. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to serve you. Because I understand that in your presence, I receive your power. I know, God, that I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not fear any evil why because you're with me and I would rather be in the valley and I'd rather be in, in the midst of, of, of a mess and know that God is with me than be on the mountaintop and God have not God with me can you say amen so everything that Jesus touches Jesus heals but the things that touch Jesus he makes whole You see the difference. Everything Jesus touches, he heals. But those 
who touch him. When she touched him, he said, I felt virtue come out of me. When I heard Bartimaeus cry, he said, I heard the desperateness for a savior. When the one leper came back, it showed Jesus and it speaks to his heart. I want to know who you are. I know what you can do, but I want to know who you are. And so many times we hear sermons and we're teaching and we're seeking for the blessing. We're seeking for the healing. Lord, how, you know, how, how, how is provision coming and, and how is healing coming? But how many of us really consider what it is that God wants? You know, we think that we, we think that in this, in this, in this, this world today and in the church where there have been teachings that have just taken things to such extremes that we've walked away from the simplicity of the gospel. And can I tell you that God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not have trends. God is not, you know, what's in fashion now. What was in fashion then in his word is still relevant. It is still true today. God does not evolve. God does not change. He is the same. And that's why he is a God who is worthy of all the glory and honor and, and, and praise because I don't have to worry about him switching on me. I don't have to worry about him changing up on me, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even when I am faithless, even when I mess up, even when I'm having a, a bad day, even when I blow my testimony, that he is still the same God who sent his son Jesus to set me free, to make me whole in my mind, in in my body so that I am functioning completely and totally the way he has has designed me to do that that's why I can trust him so many times today people are fickle I love you until you stop doing for me I love you until you 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 say something I don't agree with I'll be with you. Marriages today are being destroyed because I'm in this and I'm faithful as long as I'm, you're doing for me, as long as I'm getting something out of this. But God doesn't walk away from us and God does not ab abandon us. And you know, throughout the Old Testament, you've heard and you've read the, the, the cry of the children of Israel when they heard it, when God heard it, he delivered them. And yet we read over and over and over again how they just went back to their old stuff. In Judges 21 and 25, it sums it up completely correct. It says, and in those days there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so many times you can cry out to God, but it doesn't mean that you've repented. I can cry out to God and say, save me, and God, do this for me, and God, do that for me. But there's a cry that God wants to hear that says, God, I love you, and I need you, and you are all that I am seeking. You are all that I am running after, and I will tell you this, that when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else is going to be added unto you. 
repentance. And this is why when people tell you that you don't have to repent, that you don't have to ask for forgiveness, it's why it's heresy because repent means to rearrange your entire way of thinking, feeling, and being in, in order to forsake that which is wrong. It means to repent so that I can get into alignment with God. And we need to stop making God try to come into alignment with us. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He has got the plan. He has given the word. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no way to the Father but by me. So we need to get into alignment with what God is saying. And when we get into alignment with what God is saying, God will direct our path. God will order our steps. You know, David, he got everything right, but when he was at the height of his success was when he messed up. And when he messed up, he messed up. It was bad. But yet, David had a heart for God. There was, there was, this was, this was Old Testament. Remember, Jesus hadn't come yet. It was Old Testament, but David had such a relationship with God that David knew if I repent, if I change my thinking, the love of God is not going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love David's prayers. He says, create in me a clean heart. What he was saying was, take the iniquity out of my heart, which means even the desire to sin. Take those things which would even, I would think of that would even separate me from your presence. This is the place where God is bringing his children back to. That we are seeking him. And when we seek him, we can know beyond trusting. We can just know that God is going to work everything out. And you know, and when we repent, he is able and just to forgive. But that's only the first step. It's easy to get clean, but how do you stay clean? It's easy to get healed, but how do you stay whole? And just because you're clean, it doesn't mean that you've changed. You can be sorry and still not change your behavior. And this is why you need a touch from God to keep you whole. That that's where God wants to bring us to. He wants to bring us from a place of just being healed to a place of being whole. He gives us those second chances. But the question is, did you deal with the issue? Did you deal with the root of the issue that made you do what you did? Are you stubborn? Are you rebellious? What is it? What is it that's going inside? And there's always a why behind the what. People always want to focus on what people did. But I want to tell you there's a why. And that why will keep you in the cycle. The why you're doing stuff, if you don't deal with that, is going to keep you like a dog going back to its vomit. God heals, and only he can do this. But wholeness is a completely different story. Because wholeness, the requirement of that, is that you and I get in alignment 
with God, that we start to collaborate and we start to cooperate with God. You can't partner with God in your healing because only he can do that, but you can partner in God in your wholeness because there is something that you need to do. You need to deal with the roots of your issue. You need to embrace the process and how difficult it is to embrace some of those processes. There are some things that, you know, in, in generations before, they would say, just put it out of your mind. Don't think about it. But unfortunately, it still comes up. You know, if, if you go on vacation, what's the last thing that you do before you leave that house? You take the garbage out. Because if you come back in a week and that garbage has been there, what's it going to do? It's going to stink up your house. So when we don't deal with the issues, when we don't deal with those things that keep us in that dysfunctional cycle, guess what? That's garbage that's staying in our house and destroying the temple. And that's why we've got to come clean to God and understand what the gospel was about. Jesus came not to condemn, but to save. Jesus came to be able to take our sin when we repent, to throw it as far as the east is from the west, but not just to leave us for a moment and say, you're good now. No, Jesus is saying, listen, you're forgiven of your sins, but I want you to walk in freedom. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the only way that we have abundant life is when we partner with God, when we submit and we yield to him. And yielding and submitting and obedience is not just about what I want to do. You know, you really know somebody is, is submitted and it's somebody who truly loves will submit and obey when they don't want to do it. And in this time and in these seasons, as we're living in the last days, we are, we are living in perilous times. And there is warfare and there are obstacles and there are lying spirits and there are, there are false teachers and there's all of that. And that's why we've got to be so grounded and so rooted in the spirit and being led by the spirit, willing to submit to him, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, create a clean heart in me. Renew a right spirit. And God, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't take your presence from me because without the Holy Spirit, without his presence, I can't go on. I can't live. Can you say amen? amen? So here's the thing. When we understand, when we understand the laws of God, when we, when we, when we come to that place where we understand that, you know what? Not everything needs to be restored, but all things need to be forgiven. And I believe that this is a stumbling block and this is a stronghold in people's lives that they don't want to forgive those who hurt them. And I will tell you that nothing will block your life. Nothing will block the, the blessings in your life more than unforgiveness. You know, even in AA, which is a worldly, uh, you know, group, it, they say that when, when they get to a certain step that the people have got to go back to the other people and they've got to forgive them. They've got to deal with what they did. And God is saying, if you come to me, I'm able and just to forgive you. But if you, don't, if, if you don't forgive your brother, I can't forgive you. There's laws and there's things that God put in place that he's not changing. His word doesn't change based on your situation. His word is his word. And this is why, and this is a tough message. 
And we don't want to hear because why should I forgive them? They hurt me. They did things wrong to me. It's not about them. It's about you and your relationship with God. It has nothing to do. You, if you forgive somebody, you're not saying it's okay. You're just saying, you know what? I release you from the prison of my heart. And I don't want there to be anything in between me and my father. So I release you because you know what? What you did to me, you've already hurt me. I won't let you hurt me anymore because if, I, if, there's, if there's a crack, if there's, if there's a rip in my foundation in my relationship with God, I don't have anything. And that person who hurts you is not worth your relationship with God. So when we look at biblical roles like Paul and Peter, we choose them at their redeemed best. But we, we, we really should choose them to relate to their weaknesses and their triumphs. See, we always tend to look at how great people are because we judge them and we see them by their best day. I mean, Peter, I look at Peter... He messed up so many times. He was such a big mouth. He, I mean, to think that he could tell Jesus, like, you can't go to the cross. And then he, he tells him, I'll never deny you. And then that night. But look at the grace of God that when we come back to God. See, these, this is how you need to start to study the Bible. Look at these people that messed up. And all that God had for them. Because there was a process where God had healed them, but he wanted them to come into wholeness. Because if your mind, if, if, if you don't deal with those issues and give them to God and do what God has said, you're going to continue the cycle. But God says, I want to bring you into wholeness. And when you start seeing things the way God sees them, Paul says, you know, don't, don't be, don't, don't get above things. Set your mind on things that are above. In other words, he's saying, stop setting your mind in the middle of your mess, but get above it. See how God sees it. Because when you're stuck in the middle, you can't get out. But when I start setting my mind on Christ, and what would God have me to do? And God, how do you want me to heal us? How do you want me to deal with this? How do you want me to, to respond to this? What, what are you trying to teach me when I'm submitting to him? See, I want to learn. It's one thing to make mistakes, but if you make mistakes, make sure you learn from them. And don't be condemned for your mistakes, because I got news for you. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He calculated those mistakes in his plan for you. He's already got them covered. But it's how we respond to God in this day and in this hour. Is to stay close to the cross. Is to stay close to Jesus. And my God never stopped talking about the blood of Jesus. Because without the blood of Jesus, there would be no remission of sins. So when we realize our need for him, it's how we grow closer. And what God is destroying right now is a spirit of pride in his people. Your way of doing things, your thinking, you know, your way of thinking. It's got to be like this. I, I, I have to be comfortable with it. God is saying, I'm not going to allow you to be comfortable in this season. Because I'm bringing you from healness, healing to wholeness. I'm going to finish the work that I've started in you because I called you. I know you. 
I've called you by name. And when I promised you that you're going to walk through the fire and the flood and you're not going to be burned and the waters are not going to overtake you. I know what I'm talking about, but you've got to yield to him. To say, Father, your, you know, your will, not my will. And I love the story of, of, of Mary Magdalene in closing. She realized her need. She was delivered of seven demons. She had such an encounter with Jesus that she followed him ever since. And here's this woman, demonically possessed. What a mess she must have been. But when she realized who he was, when she realized that he didn't just forgive me of my sins, he healed me. She saw who he was and the value of who he was. Think about this. She was the last one at the cross. She was the first one at the tomb. She was the first to see him raised. She was the first to see the resurrection. And it all started with a healing that quickly moved toward her wholeness and her enduring devotion for God. I want to encourage you, beloved, this morning that God is not finished with you. He is not finished with you. Don't give up on him because he's not going to give up on you. I love that. God will not give up on you. How many times that I wanted to quit, I wanted to walk away. It was hard. It was frustrating. It seemed like I was sowing and sowing and never reaping and nothing was ever changing. And as I was quitting ministry, I was quitting church, I was quitting everything, I was getting dressed and going right back to church. Because he doesn't let go of us. That's the kind of God that we serve this morning. And listen, I understand hard times. I understand frustration. I understand when your back is up against the wall. When it seems like nothing is ever going to change. And when you feel like that, just know that that's the enemy talking to you. But God is requiring something of us. I know that a lot of preachers want to come in here and, you know, there's so much more in 24. And, you know, this is going to be a year that there's not going to be a crisis, that there's not going to be a pro Listen, we're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. But I will tell, tell you that this year, 24, is going to be a year of more of him. And the closer that you draw to him, see, this is it. You draw to him, he draws to you. And this is why you can't let the enemy use your situations in life to cause you to back up from God. I don't know why it is that when people go through hard times, they run from the church. They run from the place that can help them. Don't run from God. Run to him. By the spirit of adoption, we can cry out, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. Daddy God. That he, is, he has given you a home. He's given you his love. That he says, I, I, I see you. I, I know what you're feeling. And stop trying to hide from him. Stop trying to be more spiritual than you are. That, you know, some, sometimes people want to say, oh, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm so blessed, and I'm so highly favored. And you know you're lying. You know you're lying. And you're a fool to think that God doesn't know that either. But please understand something. 
that God is not moved by your frustration. God understands who you are. He understands how you feel. He understands the why behind the what. And sometimes you don't even know why. But he does. And what he's saying in this day and this hour, draw close to me. Stop trying to hide. Stop trying to put on a facade. Stop trying to be stronger than you are. Because it's in your weakness that he becomes strong. And that's what God is desiring. You know, so many times, and I know I'm taking a little bit longer than Pastor Hiram does, but I am a woman, so I have more words. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we miss the point. And sometimes I, I, I really think that we try to impress God. And we're trying to give God what we think he wants. We think that he wants us to come you know, as perfect, clean vessels, speaking in King James language, understanding everything, never having a question, never having a bad day. And we think that, you know, we're trying to impress him, but yet God is saying, I want you to come just as you are. You, 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 don't, you don't think things are fair? You're upset about something? You don't understand there's confusion? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Talk, talk to your father. You want an end day message? This is an end times message. Get real with God. Get right with God. And here's the thing. Sometimes I think that we miss the point and misunderstanding that God wants to bless that we don't have to come into his presence and beg him and plead with him to get us out of trouble, to make us whole, to heal, to provide for us. He's a good, good father, and it's his good pleasure to bless his children. I don't think we fully understand God's desire and how his heart burns for us. And if we could even get a little bit on his level and burn for him, you would start to see the stumbling blocks and all the things just start moving out of the way. Well, this sounds hard, Karen. This sounds like there's a lot. No, it's not. God is just saying, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden. There's no other requirement. That's it. Come unto me just the way you are. And let me heal you. Let me touch you. There's an old song that we used to sing in church. And it went like this. Something beautiful. Something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something 
This morning, I believe that the Lord just wants you to bring your shattered dreams and bring your mess to him. You're not hiding anything. You're not covering anything. He knows it all. While we were yet in our sin, he gave his life. And that is a choice that Jesus never regrets. He never regrets loving you. He never regrets giving his life for you. And this morning before we close service, I just want to give you an opportunity this morning that if you're struggling, if you're in that place where you just need to just come to God, you just need prayer this morning. Sometimes it's, it's we just get weak. You just get weary fighting this battle. Sometimes your situation is yelling at you that you, you, you can't hear God. It's not that he's not talking. You just can't hear him. So if that's you this morning, I just want to welcome you to just come up to this altar and we'll just pray for you. Because God will make a way. He has set a table before you and he has given you an invitation to come. Father, we just praise you and we bless you, Lord God. We magnify your name this morning, Father. We just worship you, Father. We praise you this morning, God. Lord, you know each and every situation in this place this morning. Father, we just ask you, God, that you would go to those places in their hearts this morning, Father. And Lord, whatever it is, what's ever going on in their lives, Father God, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just begin to breathe upon your children this morning. God, that they would just be able to just let go and give you their circumstances. Lord, we just pray for families this morning. We pray for finances this morning. Father, we pray for broken hearts this morning and healing in bodies this morning, Father God. You are the God of the impossible, Father. But Lord, in these days and in these times, Father, we ask you this morning, God, to draw us close to you. Because, Lord, we understand that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything, everything is going to be added unto us, Lord thank you for who you are today, O oh God. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus' name.